Welcome back, Literary Slummers, to another episode of Shelf Aware, the podcast where we are reading books outside of our comfort zones. I'm Anna. And I'm Em. This week on Shelf Aware, uh, we are middling our unit on, I was going to say finishing, but we're not. It's the middle mm-hmm. of it. So we're, we're middling. middling our unit on uh, possession books, demonic possession horror novels with the classic uh, possession novel the exorcist by william peter blady is that right i don't know if it's blady or blady which is bad because i did listen to the audiobook that he narrated mm. so oh wow really i, <laughs> I just don't remember it. what he said his name was uh yeah it was i i really enjoyed the audiobook version of this uh he did a fantastic job of like uh reading i guess which wow. sounds dumb you know but like when you when you do it as an audiobook it needs to be read yeah. a different way than you would read a book normally i guess um and i just wasn't expecting the author to be as good as he was but yeah he, he was fantastic i wanted to do the audiobook but for some reason everything that i looked at like i looked at my library and it was like yeah we got the audiobook and then i went and looked at it it was like by audiobook we did mean the two-hour bbc production of the abridged oh. version of this full cast oh, though full cast liars. and i was like okay well that's not exactly what i need <laughs> mm, <laughs> so i did yeah. just read it uh yeah my my hoopla had it thankfully oh blessed I know I was. I was this day. I mean, they have both the ebook and the audio. So oh, amazing. Um, amazing. Before we get into that. Yes. This is the second. This is the second. In this unit. Yeah. So like, what's up with this genre, Anna? I don't. Yeah. The, a lot, probably. Here's the thing. And I'm going to repeat a joke <laughs> I told them before we officially started recording is like, uh, I sat there and I like started researching and I, first of all, couldn't quite get the Google terms that I needed. I was like possession, novel, history of possession history what what's the deal with possession stuff uh and i just wasn't getting the google results i wanted and i was like you know what this is dumb because i know em's gonna know everything about this <laughs> subgenre of off the dome uh, so i'm just not gonna re- do a lot of research so here's the thing i did find a list of tropes um uh, screenrant.com had an article that were like here are five tr- tropes of possession novels and movies that we love and five that we think need to be exercised <laughs> get it get it <laughs> Uh, so I was going to run through the tropes and you tell me if you like them or don't like them okay. or agree that they should be exercised or not. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so they said one they like, if it's a child being exercised. No. I don't like the exorcisms. I like the possessions, but like the exorcisms that seem traumatizing regardless of the person. I want to see a big strong man have to do the exorcism because like Ooh. I've got a lot to say. Not the exorcism, but be exercised. No, being exercised. Yeah. Because yeah. I have a lot to say about the way in which the victims of demonic possession are portrayed and mm-hmm, what it says mm-hmm. about us as a culture. I did. I was going to, I was going to say this and I didn't know if I was like reading too much into it or just being really flippant or what, but I was like, damn, this is like the really weird twisted version of a manic pixie dream girl, right? Like yeah. something, something weird happens with this woman and it propels the man to find out something about himself. Like, Hmm. <laughs> I guess not manic pixie dream girl, but the one where the woman is, you know, propels the plot for the man. Uh, a a f- fridged fridged wife. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except for it's fridged kind of friend's daughter. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. No. There's a reason why in a lot of horror, uh, mothers are portrayed as horrific, or like yeah. young girls oh, are portrayed as that. horrific. Well, it's more because it's like men get freaked out by that shit really easily. Like mm-hmm. I saw a TikTok recently. I wish I remembered who did it, but. Um, that was like making the point of like especially about the exorcist the movie 
how what a visceral reaction people had to it when it first mm-hmm. came out and, and a little girl masturbating and saying yes. words and it's like a lot of those like very very scary movies uh with women as the like scary thing often have a mm. different effect on male audiences and female audiences mm-hmm. um compared it to uh Ari Aster's Midsommar Midsommar mm. with like <laughs> the way that women often um have a more sympathetic uh like view of Danny and men usually view her as like fully evil by the end of it mm. Now, I haven't seen that movie, but my my impression of it as a woman who has talked to other women about it is it's more like a good for her kind of thing, right? So sort of. It's okay. kind of a good for her thing, but it's also a like, no, this is definitely bad for her. Like it, she uh, joins a cult. Like she joins a cult. <laughs> yes. Spoilers from it somewhere. Okay. She gets uh, manipulated into joining a cult. And um, on the one hand is like you could read it as she is set free by joining this cult but on the other it's like no this is a, a, a the the cult is definitely a bad thing like it's not good. yes <laughs> yeah. okay. so making the best of it for her maybe maybe <laughs> I just think I think it's more like um women see that and are like yeah yeah kind of making the best of it like yeah she's mm-hmm. getting fucked over from both ways right like in yes. traditional society or monster society so why not just be the monster right why not just fully join monster society right whereas i think men are like oh, gasp it's so so terrible that she became this terrible thing and you know was ruined by it and it's like mm-hmm. you know that sort of thing so i think that there's a lot um with the children as the victims to say about like Number one, how it's scary because it's something that you wouldn't expect to be doing these like gross things, right? Why aren't these women and children being soft and nurturing? Right. But then also, also like, I I think that the more interesting story would be like, at least from that angle, the person leaning into it more, you know? Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um. Also, just because it's been done to death. I mean, kids getting exercises. Creepy kid is kind of like the stereotypical yeah. trope for a lot of horror stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, especially I feel like for exorcist, exorcism stuff, I don't really know a lot of ones where it's an adult, let alone a man. I mean, um, I think exorcism of Emily Rose, she's a bit older, but I think she's still like, like a teen young, young woman. Yeah, I think she yeah. might be like college aged. Uh-huh. Um, and I mean, I don't believe there is typically like, here's here's what I'll say. OK, so sorry, gang, I'm going to talk a lot about demons and like mm-hmm. the history of demons. See, and I stuff. told you guys, and I I'm, told you I didn't have to do it. <laughs> I'm going to try to keep a lid on it as much as I can, but it's going to there's going to be some things. Um. So I don't believe that there is that much of a history of specifically children being perceived as possessed. And to me, that Mm -hmm. would um, indicate the sort of like demons. Demons are an old way of explaining mental health things, right? Because typically kids this age are not going to be going through that many schizophrenia hits you schizophrenia hits in your yeah like most (laughs) most of the sort of um not all but like most of the psyche not psychiatric psychoactive i guess um Mm. like hallucinatory types of mental illness Mm -hmm. tend to hit a bit later so 
that kind of indicates that there's a link there to me, but also just in general, yeah, it, there are plenty more examples of adult men being the ones who needed exorcisms in like antiquity and mm-hmm. the record the records the records we have of early exorcisms there wasn't really necessarily so much of a focus on kids being the ones to be exercised but because of the way that horror works now all of the exorcisms are kids that's kind of that's how it is where yeah. that goes all right mm-hmm. we i'm making us move at a snail's pace that's What's okay because the, the next one is uh it's an adult and they said that one was bad no that's so stupid obviously it should be adult come on we've already answered that one that's fantastic uh a timeless trope a priest comes to help out well yeah like i mean yes and no <laughs> again getting into the history of exorcism here like uh-huh uh, uh exorcisms are are practiced uh across and i mean this the book makes this point but like exorcisms are practiced across many different cultures um but also like possession in general is uh, a thing that happens in many different cultures but yeah. has mixed feelings towards it like plenty of cultures view possessions as a good thing oh. um like it's part of the spiritual practice right okay okay um and i mean even in some christian churches possessions are technically a good thing such as being possessed by the holy spirit that's oh. a type of possession yeah. um it's just not a demonic no one ever talks about that when, no one talks about that um also yeah. interestingly when we're while we're on the topic of christianity and their current belief in exorcisms um there is a lot of like in this book especially the priests being like nobody does exorcisms anymore that is patently false i thought so like i was like this this doesn't sound he's like we haven't done one since the 1500s i'm like <laughs> they definitely have uh the rate of exorcisms in the 60s and 70s increased by 50 percent within i think the catholic church but just uh-huh. in general exorcisms were very much on the rise at this time period um this specific book is based on an exorcism that happened in the 40s so uh-huh. like um, but also, you've probably had an exorcism, Anna, as have I, because I was we were baptismed. born Catholic. Yes. And yes. baptism in Catholicism and a lot of other Christian sects includes a minor exorcism where basically yeah, you, you say know, babies come out full of demons, full of demons. You got to get them demons, demons out of there. Yes. So, uh, <laughs> uh, well, and also even um, if you are Catholic, like converting to Catholicism as an adult, there's like even more of an exorcism that you have to do. Mm. I think you have to do three of them or like there's three available. I don't know. But it's happens during Easter Sunday. There's a a specific part of the mass, not Easter Sunday. Sorry, the the Holy Week leading up to Easter Sunday. Mm. There's Mm -hmm. a particular part of the mass where they stations of the cross. thing. Uh, Yeah, kind of like the stations of the cross, but it's not that it's a slightly different thing where the people who are converting have to all come up and the priest is, yeah. does a little my stepmom went through that yeah. it, it was like a very long process like mm-hmm. it wasn't just like a, oh i'm catholic now it was like she had to go to like a year's worth of class and she had to do x y and z like it was a lot yeah so point being exorcisms are not uncommon even a little bit they still happen a ton and probably mm-hmm. have happened to you if you were baptized into a christian religion um because most of the not all but most a lot of the christian sects do still uh have a Mm -hmm. prayer of exorcism in their baptism rituals i like that like (laughs) i don't like this but like think about during covid when all those babies were getting baptized with Mm -hmm. their water guns yeah (laughs) just imagine you were one of those demons inside of a baby you're like i can't i can't go back to hell and tell them it was (laughs) 
it was the, it was the super soaker that got me i can't the super soaker full of holy water i think you'd have a better a better uh bragging story like oh they had to get out a whole gun for me would you get a little sprinkle of water <laughs> yeah it was neon green and orange you had to pump it several times it was it was so cool <laughs> Uh, okay, the next trope is uh, the priest is the devil as well, or like the priest also gets possessed, which spoilers we do see in this book kind of very, very lightly at the end. Uh, um, I don't know if that's one that I'm tired of. I, I think that's kind of a, you know. Yeah, I think that's fine. And also kind of the like Serve point right. of a lot. Well, not a, like <laughs> it's, it's the whole the whole problem with exorcism books as a scary thing i think is that you're not really supposed to like put yourself in the shoes of the victim of the demons right like this book very clearly goes over that right that like it's not about the person being possessed it's about the people surrounding them and how they handle it right so like i feel like priest or exorcist in general getting possessed is kind of a yeah that one that's fine that can stay Mm because it makes sense with what we're doing yeah yeah it's it's dangerous to be a priest doing an exorcism Mm -hmm, and you're opening mm -hmm. yourself up to all kinds um timeless the torturous movements like yeah that's like that's the whole thing i think for me like that's part of the scary yeah people's bodies going ways they shouldn't i would be interested to see a version where there is less physicality and gross out stuff yeah that does seem to be that was very heavy in this one and i did not find this book scary i didn't find it scary either though i I, and we'll get to this, I guess, a little bit later. I thought I was like, this is a wonderful little murder mystery. Like, yeah, I, was, I, was, I like, liked into the it. book. I liked yeah, the I was, book, but I, I was, was just into like, it as a murder mystery. It's not scary. It's just kind of gross. Mm. Like, was yes, it's definitely a gross out horror. I think, I like, yeah, to me, felt like more. I don't know. I don't want to say like full on splatter punk, but mm. like definitely could could dip a toe into that subgenre, yes. perhaps. And it's more like the shock factor, yeah, of this book because, I mean, I if it was one of the first of its type and it was done this well, like, yeah, I can imagine it would get a lot of attention and people would be like, Oh my goodness. What is this? What is this devilry? Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, exercised the bell book and candle, uh, which I guess are, they say, and this is more kind of about movies, like this three classic items in every exorcism film, a bell, a book and a candle in order to do the exorcism. They're really stretching on that one. I don't feel like I I've agree. ever noticed that being a thing. I mean, it might get mentioned occasionally, but that's Maybe so in like more older movies. I don't know. Yeah, that's so like irrelevant to the overall viewing experience. It would be yeah. like, you know, what's really tired having windows that are have blue drapes on them no one should do that anymore like what who cares yeah well and i mean like you have to have some tools of the trade right like you like we all know like we everyone has a very clear image of what a catholic priest is like Mm -hmm. that's gonna come with some accessories when you when you get them in their little box at the at the toy store right um (laughs) i think that one's fine to stay uh timeless chanting in latin yeah i guess but like other other languages too languages exist and also like uh, sound creepier probably not just not <laughs> that sounds bad i meant to like latin is so like i don't know like it comes up as like posh sort of like you know but to me if you have like if you're if you're speaking in a language that like a, an another dead language that is less yeah. known i mean i think be... to me this is getting to the like misunderstanding of what demons are and what like all exorcisms are so very catholic and so very like not all. I'm sure there are some that 
aren't exorcism movies yeah. i'm saying sorry they, not yeah they, they do have all have they really again it's the about the costume pieces like yeah. the dog collar and the the black robes and blah 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 i mean like i would be interested to see maybe some other cultures represented in an exorcism movie yeah and you know like the different kind of ideas of possession and also even like there's really no logical reason why latin would be the main um uh uh like language to fight demons with because it certainly wasn't the language that christ spoke almost, right. almost certainly i should say uh <laughs> wasn't what christ spoke uh wasn't what the bible was written in until way yeah. later uh so mm-hmm. like there's no reason to do it except for the catholic of it all you know mm-hmm. which i'm kind of over that so yeah 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 we get it we get it rome do get it. do a book in which you have to uh, use the original Greek of uh, like Matthew or whatever, and then you know. <laughs> uh, exercise when the demon speaks through their subject. How else is the demon gonna speak, man? Yeah, I besides don't know who they're possessing, what, what else you would want to do? I mean, again, I so think the that... demon's like, "Hey, can you turn on the Bluetooth? Hold on, <laughs> I got I, mean, I got that, some things to say. That could be fun." <laughs> If there was like fun. a, you know, they had to, to manipulate objects or something. But also I think someone's got to tell a- the ghoul boys to bring a Bluetooth next time. I know. think you could make the argument for moving away from that. But then I think you move more into um, a the Just good ghosts. and happy. Well, I was going to say good and happy child territory of like, uh, is it yeah. really a demon sort of thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know if you want it to explicitly be a demon. I feel like the demon's got to have something to say at some point. Uh, yeah absolutely and it's gonna have to be through the mouthpiece i think that's creepier it's like especially if like an actor actress can pull it off of like having a completely different sounding voice and speaking patterns and stuff like now maybe that's what they mean is just that it should be the same voice but i don't agree with that either so like Mm -hmm. i don't know uh they just say timeless jump scares i disagree with this one i guess oh I mean, yeah, they're always going to be there. I just don't think jump jump scares, it's a cheap thrill, right? Mm. You go back and rewatch the movie. It's not going to be scary upon rewatching because you know when they're going to happen. I'm fine with jump scares. I don't need them for it to be a good horror movie, but it also won't ruin a horror movie for me. So Mm. don't care either way on that one. Yeah. I remember when they redid the Exorcist, the original Exorcist movie, they had like some anniversary version of it that they remastered and they added in jump scares like they would flash spooky faces where they didn't have them before just like for a frame or two there'd be a spooky face somewhere and i remember uh i was having a sleepover with a girlfriend and she was like we were the the jump scares they was like i don't know they were traumatizing uh (laughs) (laughs) um let's see uh and then they say okay the last one is exercise copying the exorcist again this is kind of like a cheap one but um yeah man i think we i think yeah i mean you said already like let's see other yeah, types let's, let's of do something religions else. involved yeah i mean i think that i was kind of surprised with the things that i thought would be in this book that weren't in terms mm, of mm-hmm. um like i thought for some reason i was so sure that this took place like out in a desolate farmhouse somewhere oh, not like uh-huh. an actress's nice not in apartment washington, in washington dc yeah yeah so that was kind of I was like, oh okay because i guess oh, like every you didn't watch the movie at all ever. no i've never seen okay. the movie uh, this is your first exorcist <laughs> yeah so it was experience. it was a nice surprise there and like mm-hmm. there was stuff that i like all of the kind of 
hubbub around kind of what you said, like the murder mystery part of it. I feel like that doesn't yeah. get copied too much, but yeah, the... I don't remember that from the movie, the police mm. officer who, I, who was one of my favorite characters in this book. I really liked his whole shtick. I did look it up and he is in the movie because okay. he's like, so there's exorcist one and that's this book and then exorcist yeah. two, which kind of just does whatever. And then William Peter Blady Blatty writes a mm-hmm. th- another book called legion and that's what exorcist 3 is based on and it doesn't relate to exorcist 2 at all so he is a like prominent character in the third movie if not the main character okay interesting um yeah and i've heard that the third movie is pretty good okay Uh, so i might check out the book and then maybe the movies yeah so i mean like he's he i assume then since three does follow one that he is a character in the movie as well but i could be wrong yeah uh, those are all my tropes. Um, Great. Yeah. So I hope you guys have a good... I mean, you already probably have a pre-existing notion of what the genre is. Uh, and we'll probably talk more about it as we go along. Yeah. And I mean, I think that like in terms of history, this, as far as I can tell, I didn't super look into it, but mm-hmm. this is one of the earliest uh, types of specifically horror about demon possession, right? Interesting. Um, yeah. There's a few other ones, but not super notable. Uh, but in general, I mean, like horror as a literary genre did kind of uh, blow up with the increase of horror as a film genre, right? Like, obviously, yeah, there's sense. there's horror yeah. before this, but uh, yeah. they are kind of tied it's more like together. Gothic horror, yeah, like... more like more psychological, more yeah, less of this sort of gross out, freak out stuff, right? Yes. Like yes. this, this is, is very a very re- restrained Victorian proper mm-hmm. horror, you know. Yeah, this is <laughs> very just... 60s, 70s horror. Yes, um, we can finally be a little bit gory. Yes, in our film. So um, you know, there's that to to consider as we look at it. But yeah, yeah for the most part, you guys know what an Exorcist uh, book is it's about or a a demon possession book is it's where someone's possessed by a demon and then hopefully they aren't by the end but who could say question mark yeah um i think too a big point that this book makes uh and i don't know i don't know if it's uh the genre as a whole but this book was like the demons doing it in order to like do permanent harm or kill the hosts that they're in Mm. uh so you know well and then it also gets into the question of evil right which is basically like if God is all, I know I've talked about this before. I'm so sorry for mm-hmm. long-time listeners. But if God is all-knowing, <laughs> all-present, and all-powerful, why does mm-hmm. evil happen, right? And the this book lands on demon possessions happen as a test for not the possessed but other people, which is incredibly fucked up. Like, mm-hmm. that's a very, like, upsetting thing from a – like, <laughs> if that's your religion, that's your religion. But, like – looking at that not particularly believing in that religion then it that's like really fucked up gang yeah. to be like yeah the reason that this little girl got scarred for life um is uh-huh. to test these priests right like right yeah it's okay. like why are they centering themselves in this girl's okay. issues but i mean like i think that they are correct they are like that's why the demon's doing this yeah, it's like a it's like a long term battle that mm-hmm. this particular demon is having with this one of these particular priests that doesn't come in until eighty percent of the way the through the book. End. Yeah, slash yeah. the mm-hmm. prologue. He is in the prologue. We'll give him yes. that. Yes, and also like I will say to this book, I was surprised the exorcism stuff doesn't come in until no, like two thirds of the way through in. the book. Yeah, that was another thing I was like, it's a little long. Is this? Uh, 
<laughs> Are we going to do an exorcism? Did we, yeah. Did we need to do so many hospital tests? We as the readers all know what the answer is going to be. The book is called The Exorcist. Yeah, I think that is also a little bit of us reading it now and being familiar yeah. with the movie and the general genre of exorcism stories. Yeah. Um, and yeah. knowing like, okay, an exorcism is going to happen. Whereas I think if I was reading this at the time it was written, I might be more like, oh, yeah, I wonder if they're going to figure it out. Oh, no, it looks like that's not like, you know, that might have been more interesting. Uh -huh, but uh -huh. uh, certainly now it, it kind of was just like, we she's not know. ADHD, gang. Get to the, yeah. get to the demon. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, okay, so so we both, would we recommend this book? Yeah, I, I think so. I would. I was pleasantly surprised. Uh, it felt very accessible to me. Yeah. Uh, like I said, it was a little bit long in some places where I was kind of like, okay, let's get on with it. It doesn't need to be a full, like, almost 400 pages, the edition I read. Mm. Um, but it was, I, for the most part, liked the characters. I thought they were all interesting and when it turned into more of a murder mystery, I was like, hell yeah, fully on board now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think uh, I agree. I liked it overall. I think that it was, um, at, you know, had some good moral questions. That I don't know if I agree with it's where it lands in its uh, conclusions. But um, overall, was interesting psychologically to read. I didn't yeah. love the gross out stuff because it was just kind of like boring. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I what there were a couple of things that I was like yep this book was written in the 70s and they had a different view on psychology and and also mm -hmm. like didn't have google so <laughs> there's some interesting <laughs> choices being made here but aside from that you know yeah I thought was mom good. did not try to web md her daughter's way out of this I was <laughs> no really I meant confused. more I meant more for the author where there were a couple oh. things where I was like boy why are you okay whatever like <laughs> go to the library <laughs> Oh, I guess that is a thing though. Like if you can't find the answer at a library, you're just like, well, I guess I'll never know now Yeah. <laughs> unless I write a letter to a professor or something. I don't, well, I don't and know. I think, I think there was a lot more lenience for like inaccuracies in books than there are now mm -hmm, where like mm -hmm. certain stuff, if you yeah, say a thing, reading it would be like, yeah, people reading either. it would be like, could be, I don't know. It doesn't matter. I'm <laughs> enjoying the story. Whereas now we're like, um, actually, yeah. That's I can not find true. Ten different sources to cite that are that make you look incorrect in like one second. And the fact that you didn't have access to all of that information makes you a big dumb poopy head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why didn't you connect that typewriter to the <laughs> internet? <laughs> Why didn't you go to NASA to use the internet? Uh, okay. Well, before we get into the plot of this one, we should talk about other stuff we've been reading, um, spooky or otherwise. What have you? What have you been? All spooky, all spooky. Um, mm. I've been watching a couple horror movies. Mm -hmm. um, so I got to this October Chompy and the Girls. Very okay. campy. Recommend. Um, I watched Audition, which is like very, very slow burn, but super gory. Influence saw. Wasn't expecting it. Had gone in blind. Oh. Didn't know that it was that gory. Is that um, an influenced spot saw? Yeah, it had influence oh. on Saw. It was it's a Japanese uh, okay. film from the '90s, I think. Uh huh. Um, but yeah, so it's very gross. Be forewarned. But I thought it was interesting overall, and some very um, fucked up stuff. Um, okay. And then uh, watched the fourth Hell House movie. Uh huh. Um, I haven't seen two or three. I have seen one. If you like Hell House one, I thought it was good. Mm -hmm. Um. 
And then what did we watch last night on Halloween? Uh, oh, Unwelcomed, which is like a folk horror one. I don't know who produced it or whatever, anything about it, except that um, it does use like real puppets. So it's very Jim Henson. Oh, um cool. And it was weird, and I think I liked it overall. Okay. Like, a little bit goofy at times, but... Um, I mean, with puppets involved. Yeah, there's little puppets. And uh, definitely did not go the way that... It was a, So essentially, it's like the premise is a couple moves to a house in Ireland, and there's red caps there, and they have to deal with that. Okay. Um, so I thought the red caps were going to be the main thing, but really it was more of like a home invasion situation. Oh, gosh. Um, so, you know, some triggering stuff that I wasn't expecting in it, like you know, like threats of sexual violence, violence mm-hmm. sort of things. So maybe be aware of that because if you go into it being like, oh, it's about mean fairies, then it's not <laughs> like it is, but it's, it's also other stuff. Um, and then reading wise, I also just listened to the audiobook for audition because there were some questions I had after watching it. And I was like, maybe the book will explain. Didn't really. I do think Great. the movie is better. Um, but you know, it was it was there. I read it. And then I also mm-hmm. finished uh, Stephen Graham Jones, who I've recommended before. Yeah. Um, Night of the Mannequins, oh. which is a short like novella, short story um, from Tor about a group of friends. And they go to they're pulling this prank where they leave this mannequin in a movie theater to get back to like annoy this like movie theater manager who always kicks them out for being in there without tickets. Mm, Um, That's his job. That's his job. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But uh, while they're like watching the man, the mannequin gets up and walks away. And then um, the main character, like one of the kids in the friend group, their whole family gets in, I think, a car accident and like dies horrifically. And the one kid in the friend group realizes it's the mannequin and he's going to kill all of them. Um, pick literally any other mannequins and so pick the cursed one. So, well, it's been their friend for so long because they oh. found it when they were kids and like have oh. been doing shit with it for, okay. uh-huh. And um, he then decides that because if, if they let the mannequin kill them, like their families will be collateral. So the correct thing to do is to kill all of his friends before the mannequin can. Oh. So. Oh. It goes. I some... wouldn't have come, gone to that conclusion. Well. I liked it. Uh-huh. It was a quick read also, which is always good. Absolutely. Uh, how about you? What have you been into? I didn't read anything spooky because this was my spooky <laughs> read. <laughs> I read uh, two things. Uh, I very much enjoyed both of them. The first one was a book that Em has definitely recommended on the podcast before, but I was like, I found this cool book. And she's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> but um, <laughs> Princess Florinda and the 40 Flight Tower by yes. Tamsin Muir. Uh, love it. It is about a princess who is trapped at the top of a 40 flight tower and is told that a prince is going to have to fight his way to the top. There's a different monster on each floor. And uh, she waits and waits and waits. The princess keep dying. And so one day she's like, what if I just open this door? And it's, it is a oh, it's so good. dark novella, surprisingly so. It starts off very lighthearted. But um, as with a lot of Tamsin Muir stuff, it gets a little bit you, you, it just sneaks up on you. You're like, damn, damn, this fucked me up. And it was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, audiobook is by Moira Quick, who we love. Um, 
I also read, of course, the Britney Spears memoir, The Woman in Me, which is <laughs> fucking tragic. Oh, my God. I want to fight so many people for this woman. Uh, I loved it. I read it in like three hours. It reads very much like um, if you like follow her on Instagram or have seen any of her Instagram posts, like, you know, her caption style. Right. Uh, so it's very much like written. It's 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 cleaned up for sir for sure. But it, you can tell it's her voice uh, based off of the instagram captions that you've read by her but it was it was very good very enlightening uh and i'm sure if you go to buzzfeed you can read all of the important parts without having to get into the book but (laughs) i enjoyed it (laughs) awesome yes a woman with many demons in her own way yes she does yeah yeah and you know what princess florlinda she's also got some (laughs) yeah yeah i mean fighting through 40 floors of monsters will do that to a woman for sure for sure uh awesome okay well let's talk about the exorcist let's do it um i have not seen the movie since i was much younger so i can't say where the uh book and movie diverge so you'll have to let me know uh if you've watched the movie and 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 are interested in telling me if not that's okay i will just continue to live on in ignorance that's fine um <laughs> But the movie, the, uh, the movie, the book starts out with a prologue. This guy that we don't see again for 300 pages, but that's fine. That's fine. But this priest is in, he's in uh, the Middle East somewhere. He's doing like an archaeological dig and he finds this little demon statue of Pazuzu, which my only frame of reference, and this is Futurama. Even, yes, it's Futurama. Of <laughs> Pazuzu. Like, Pazuzu. But it's not Pazuzu, yeah. it's Azuzu. Um, no, I think it is Pazuzu. Is it Pazuzu? I think so, because I think... <laughs> so every time they talked about this super scary, evil demon, I was it just It is like... the gargoyle from Futurama, yeah. Yes. Pazuzu! Yeah. Now, I will come in here to begin the thing that I threatened you with, which oh, is yes. uh, talking about demon names and sort of what uh-huh. the fuck is a demon, right? Um, okay, so first off, Anna, what the fuck is a demon? A demon is just a little little mischief guy. little mischief guy. With That's horns, a... maybe? <laughs> sure, could be. Could be. Sometimes they've got lots of arms or eyeballs instead or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe. Uh, I think they're made up. I don't yeah. think they're real. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So, like, the thing is that... Is this a trick uh, like Robin Hood? Yeah, sort of. <laughs> sort of, but also, like, not. Because, the it, like, the trick is, like, there's not really a good answer because there's not okay. really a unifying thing about demons because uh-huh. they exist in a lot of different world. cultures, but also they don't exist in a lot of different cultures because they don't aren't necessarily the thing that we're talking about when we talk about demons. Because the mm-hmm, thing mm-hmm. is that, like, demon is a word that comes from the Greek daemon, which, sorry if I'm butchering pronunciations here. Which is here, from the Golden Compass. Which is from Golden Compass. Well, that's where Golden Compass got it from because daemon mm-hmm. is like a... a spirit that is a messenger to the gods but is not itself a god right okay so the closest thing that i would say i would qualify a demon is Mm -hmm. is a spirit that we do not worship would be kind of like the most unifying thing but even that is not 100 percent true because Mm -hmm. sometimes you do like sacrifices to demons and stuff things that we consider demons but Uh uh-huh in any case, uh, the so that's where the the term demon comes from, right? But mm-hmm. before that, we had there was still like cultures with this concept of like the gods and then the anti gods, or like mm-hmm. the gods and then the weird yeah, other who things. Are the good guys gonna fight, right? But they're not always evil. 
They're not yeah, always evil, though, is the thing. Um, got different goals. Because specifically, Pazuzu is not an evil demon. He's... What is he? Kind of chill. He's technically... Like, he's qualified as a demon, um, and he's from Assyrian mythology, I believe. Uh Possibly Babylonian. Let me double check on that, because I don't want to be... Yeah, Mesopotamian Mesopotamian. He's part of a group of demons that are wind demons, or Lilu, which is like... Again, we call... Like, the closest thing that we translate Lilu to is wind demon, but like... That's not really what the concept was at the time. Like, yeah. the connotations aren't the same. Um, and he, like, fought about against other demons, and people would pray to him for protection to the other demons and, like, all this other stuff. Like, he wasn't, like, straight good, I guess, but it's more like a chaotic thing than an evil thing, I think, is sort yeah. of the the vibe. Um, like Loki. Yeah, a little bit. So Pazuzu is, like, a very weird pick, for this to be the very scary demon who's going to, like, eat mm. your face mm-hmm. and whatever. Because, like, he doesn't yeah. really have that connotation. He does, however, I believe, have a penis for a dick. So, like, that's fun. A penis for a dick? Sorry. A snake for a penis. There you go. A penis <laughs> I was snake. like, what? <laughs> yeah, no. He does have a snake penis. So, oh, like, yeah. He's got that original trouser snake, huh? You know? <laughs> I like the Wikipedia entry for him. It says he was considered as both a destructive and dangerous wind, but also as a repellent to other demons. I'm sorry. This Pazuzu is a fart. <laughs> Pazuzu is. <laughs> I don't know that I would consider any fart dangerous. Mm, well. You know? Destructive? Maybe. Destructive? Absolutely. Dangerous? dangerous I don't know. Maybe. Mm. Have to be in a very specific situation, I think, <laughs> for it to cause imminent danger. Who could say? Anyway, he's uh, generally suffocating. like it's it's a weird pick and I don't know why he went with it. Maybe just because it was like I got to find some demon that other people aren't like super aware of, but I also yeah. want it to be a real demon. Like why not just make up a demon, bro? That's what everybody else has been yeah. doing. Who's the demon I'm speaking with? Greg Johnson. Tr- Greg Johnson. Damn, that could be anybody. Could uh, be a demon. Could be a demon. Um also, I, I just to cap the demon discussion, a lot of the names of demons in general are just um, names of other cultures, gods, or figures. And that's not specifically in Christianity. So before Christianity, when it was Judaism running around, uh, before like Second Temple Judaism or stuff kind of, which is where Christianity pulls a lot of its shit from because that's when Christ was alive was during the second temple period. Um, mm-hmm. But before that, there was a lot more uh, crossover with like accepting that other gods were real and like yeah. the monotheism wasn't really so much of a thing at this point. And it was kind of like, yes, there are other gods. The thing is that they're worse than our God, right? Like our God's yeah, the number ours is one. the better one to worship for sure. So it's there like sports was teams. Yeah. So there was a lot of like in the old testament a lot of times things eventually got changed to be like they worshipped a demon and it's like no they worshipped a god um so like baal is the Uh canaanite word for lord right so like a lot of gods were baal something um but there's a specific passage in the old testament that references belzebub so beelzebub um so baal zebub is like lord put a devil yeah 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 it's like a it it means lord of the flies and a lot of people like think that 
has a it's, devil put aside for me. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people think that it's like a pun that the Bible was doing on. Um, yeah, the famously very funny Bible. <laughs> no, like there's a lot of there's a lot of there's uh, a lot of good jokes. Word wordplay in the Bible. Dang, um, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to read the Bible now. It's, basically, there's there's like uh, the word for prince is like Zabub or something like that. So uh-huh. it was like lord prince but they tweaked it so as like lord of the flies to be like fuck you dude you know that's one of the theories about uh where that dude's name came from practically shakespearean i know it's great anyway so good that's that's what i have to say about names i'm so sorry no no i that's very interesting (laughs) i was very distracted trying to remember what that lyric was from bohemian rhapsody (laughs) what did beelzebub do uh anyway so so this guy he he sees the small statue of Pazuzu and then he like has this series of like visions I was like oh soon I'm gonna fight something really strong he's and then he disappears for majority of the book that was the prologue we begin the beginning uh this story majority of the story all the story takes place in Washington DC uh near Georgetown where a uh film actress Chris McNeil is filming a the musical version of Mr. Smith goes to Washington I believe yeah um she has an 11-year-old daughter named Reagan, who is, by all accounts, very sweet, very cute. But Chris has decided, uh, just on a, on a whim, she, like, bought a Ouija board just for laughs, for goofs. And she left it in her daughter's playroom. And her daughter's been playing with that goddamn Ouija board. And one day she Gotta watch out. I know. If you don't say goodbye on that Ouija board, you don't know what could happen. Uh, but she, she's been talking. She tells her mom she's been talking to some entity named Captain Howdy. And uh, she she's like, Mom, come on, let's talk to Captain Howdy. But, like, the Ouija board just, like, isn't doing its thing that Reagan thinks it does. And Chris is like, oh, it's just all in your head, blah, 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 blah. Now, again, back on names. This is weird to me that the demon who we – is Pazuzu, right? Like, we yeah. know it is the demon Pazuzu. Captain um, Howdy. Why? Yeah. Like, I was like, it's weird that it wasn't, like, a childified version of that name, you know? Yeah. Like, so I guess the demon was like, hey, I'm Captain Howdy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, why not? Like, I'm Captain Zuzu. Yeah, something like that. Or like... Where did Pazuzu get Howdy? (laughs) And I mean, like, they... they... It was like, I got out as an American child, I'll think of the most American thing I can. Captain Howdy. Captain Howdy. And like, there's kind of a, a line later about like, when they're trying to figure out the cause of all of this, that maybe she came up with Howdy because her father who's divorced from her mother causing her possibly much trauma was named howard so maybe it's like a imaginary Mm. version of her father right but i'm like right but papa is right there with pazuzu that's true captain papa or papa howdy yeah like something papa zuzu i'm papa zuzu you know it's just probably because those priests would have clocked on immediately they would have been like like, "Mm -mm, you can't trick us pazuzu (laughs) we know who you really are um so uh, as as the book goes on in this in- intro part, uh, Reagan become begins to be more like her behavior becomes more and more erratic. So like it starts off where she's like not doing so well in her math class where she normally is a very good math student. And then she's like kind of picking up some swears and they're like, where'd you learn that young lady? Or she's being a little bit more irritable. Uh, but one night Chris has this like dinner party at her home where she invites like the strangest group of people, I think, like. She invites a senator and his wife. She invites, like, an astronaut and his wife. And she invites, like, an, a television medium who was also at the White House with her for a dinner. I don't know why these people got invited to the White House. Because they were trying to do a Gilgan's Island. 
Yeah. What? Oh. <laughs> just a bunch of people who don't really seem like oh, they go yeah, together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All on a three-hour tour, you know? True meeting of the minds. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And and so she and the, the TV medium and then like some uh, Jesuit priests because the movie is being filmed on a uh, a religious campus or like using some of the buildings for the religious campus of Georgetown or something. So they kind of have to play nice with the um, the priesthood there. And so she invites a couple of the Jesuit priests who she gets along with very well. I thought they were kind of fun and jovial people. I was like, yeah. hell yeah, I'll hang out with these guys. I'll have a dinner party with them. Well, they were like, the priests were like all gay, right? For sure, like, yeah. One, uh, two explicitly so, but I think even the third one, I was like, y'all are just all gay, right? All of them, yeah. I was yeah. like, okay, maybe this is the lens I need to read this book through. <laughs> they tried to have that whole conversation of like, I don't want to be close with a man because I don't want him to think I'm gay, but then really it was like, they already all were, so it's yeah. okay. <laughs> well, and like uh, uh, the priest who comes to the dinner, who is the roommate. Dyer. Dyer, yes. Yeah, he, he specifically definitely. says yeah. like, I'm going to leave the priesthood because i'm gay i'm gay and yeah uh like as a joke but also like but also not yeah he's gay right like i think yeah yeah there was way too many uh references to being perceived as homosexual mm-hmm. for this to like not and then have been Marin was also gay right because he was like he had the thing about like being not wanting to be around certain people or whatever and I'm pretty sure that oh, was... I didn't pick up on that, but I bet. Yeah, I think that he's implied to be gay. I could be okay. wrong. I could be no, wrong. No, I believe that, that yeah. Um, Either he's gay or he's a Nazi, and I couldn't quite tell which one it was. Because <laughs> there was a lot of, like, people, like, claiming others were Nazis. Mostly claiming Carl was a Nazi, but... Uh, yeah, this is, like, this is, you know, the 70s, Cold War, post-World War II situation. Um, anyway, so she has this dinner party. She invites prominent people and just kind of like you know fun people and in the dinner party they start having this conversation about uh black mass which chris had noticed that there was like a creepy door that some priests were going into and she's like what goes on behind the creepy door and they're like oh it's black mass she's like what's black mass and like oh we don't really we can't really explain it to you you'd have to talk to father damien Karras. he's like the he's, he's into the that sort of shit yeah he's but basically it's like devil worship and she's like ooh, weird there have but also it's like really horny devil worship that's the thing that like everyone is, is so, so horny everyone is fixated so much on all of the weird horny shit that devils and demons P&B, do p and b just you know d- d- putting P&B crosses right up everywhere in every hole yeah yeah p and statue statue in in whole like <laughs> um every every orifice and every combination of phallic objects shitting on the altar that was the other thing was a lot of shit and yes this. yeah so the the this specific church has been suffering some consecrations of just like a really really gross nature desecrations recently. right Con- desecrations yes you're right consecration, consecration is the opposite i mean i guess you know if you're a demon it's a consecration if it's from the black mass they're yeah. just yeah uh desecrations that the police are trying to solve and they're wondering like if it's just like a, a quote-unquote disturbed priest or if it's uh you know like i don't know someone coming in from the surrounding community and doing this they don't really know uh the end of the book they kind of imply that it is uh reagan as she is under possession but how is never fully explained yeah she's always locked up in the house but whatever okay maybe maybe the demon is body hopping i don't know could be could be could be um so she's like takes an interest in this black mass wants to know a lot about it just because it's like 
I guess Weird. if you're going to have to talk about church, that's the more interesting part to talk about. Mm-hmm. And um, she... As the, is also as the, a noted atheist. Yeah, she doesn't know... Not the, yeah, she just doesn't partake in religion. She just isn't. She's kind of just like a like it's it's nothing to me. Like she's not like I hate religion. She's just like we just don't do it. Yeah. Um. So in the middle of this dinner party, her daughter Reagan, uh, she she's taken to bed, uh, introduced to everyone, and then taken to bed. But then after a few hours, she comes down the steps and she like lifts up her little nightgown and she just pisses all over. And they're like, oh, no, I'm so sorry, my daughter. She's like, she's just kind of ill. We got to take her to the doctors, whatever. She's sleepwalking. It's weird. Yeah. Sorry about it. We just don't know. Like, and don't everyone's like, should we go? Yeah. She's like, no, 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 no. I'm just going to, like, give her a bath. <laughs> just stay down here for, like, 30 to 45 minutes amongst yourselves. Uh, don't mind as my housekeeper just cleans up the stain. You all just watch. Oh, so so she goes up. She gives she gives her, her a little bath. She puts, the, she puts the kid back to bed. She comes back down. The, the, ex, the television medium comes over and she's like, hmm, uh, you know, have you ever heard of possession? Just like something of interest. No reason. Just going to talk about it. Here's a book you should read. I'll send it on over. I uh, got to go, though. Your, your kid seems uh, nice, question mark. She just like leaves. <laughs> Everyone leaves after a while. It's the party's over. Um, but so Chris like doesn't take any mind to that. Uh, she does like receive the book. This is important. She does receive the book that the that the psychic wanted her to read and it's all about like demonic possession and demons in general but she kind of passes off like oh there's some stuff in here about the black mass you might like it and she just like kind of leaves it in the house and forgets about it until later in the book which is kind of important for like the determination of whether or not this is some sort of mental illness or if it is a true demonic possession um but so anyway reagan's uh, situation deteriorates rapidly. Um, she began, she, they have to like keep her sedated. They have to keep her strapped to a bed because she's like, her things are moving in her room. She's super strong all of a sudden. She's trying to attack people. Yes. Her, her situation is deteriorating rapidly. So, um, Chris, who has like a distrust of doctors because of one, like a malpractice instance in her, when she was younger, ended up with the death of her first child. Which I very... fully forgot about that even until right now because it was like it was never just mentioned so again. Mentioned. Yeah, yeah. Because then she like fully gives into these doctors. He's like, "Yep, cool. Yeah, do Which, every I mean, good single for her, test honestly. multiple times." Yeah, I mean, yeah. She, she the first doctor she goes to, she's like, "I think I need to." Or no, she she calls their like uh, their doctor out in L.A. who they normally see, and he's like, "She's like, I think I need to see a, a child psychologist. Could you hook me up with one?" And he's like. I don't know. I think the psychologist would agree with me if I tell you you need to go and get like a full workover by uh, like a, a general practitioner or a pediatrician because sometimes you think it's a brain problem, but really it's a body problem. So she's like, OK, whatever. So they start to have like there's this long part of the book where they're just having so many tests done and nothing like they put her on different meds, some like ADHD medication and that doesn't work. And they're like trying to sedate her. But the demon in her is too strong. She can't be sedated with normal amounts of of uh, uh, anesthesia. So like they're putting way too much in her. Uh, She's not eating. They have to they have to set her up with an IV because she's not eating. Uh, And then so finally they get to the point where like I think she just has to be institutionalized and Chris agrees with this for a while, but then after realizing that she's going to have to go to like what the book calls an asylum, just like, you know, being being like uh, under a further uh, what is it, ob- observational sort of situation where mm. she would be away from her mother for long periods of time. 
she was like, uh, I'm just going to bring her home because I don't know what you guys would do to her if I'm not there to watch. Which right? I think is a reasonable uh, concern. In, Absolutely. Uh, especially the 60s and 70s. Feels like, yeah. And see how in this book, like, she was allowed to make that choice and it wasn't mm-hmm. like, we're going to, your kid's just going to have to go to this to this facility and or else or else we'll send him to jail <laughs> well they were real loosey-goosey with things in the 70s in That's, the 80s yeah. they had it locked down you know yeah 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 it was that war on drugs they kind of uh <laughs> the got satanic together. panic yeah, yeah satanic uh-huh. panic they were like we're not fucking around with this anymore <laughs> he's got to go we are going to send people against their will uh, against their guardians wills also so um she she brings home the baby uh, the, the, the 11 year old baby and uh, is trying again just like keeping her at home administering uh, uh, injections uh, her and her housekeepers who are named Willie and Carl they're a married couple uh, who are Swiss and have just been with her for a long time and then her live-in secretary well used to be live-in but now she's gotten her own place Sharon the secretary they're all kind of just like working together to monitor the situation uh, you know but this girl is like sedated and strapped to a bed almost 24 7 you know sometimes a family is a mother a father and some children and sometimes it is a mother yeah. her two swiss housekeepers her secretary and her demon possessed daughter you know yeah 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 pazuzu who's there in the background is that like <laughs> the the animal slash child actor they bring in <laughs> after the the show's gotten stale <laughs> um so at some point, uh, it is orchestrated that uh, all the adults are out of the house at one point in time. And uh, we are later uh, told that Burke Dennings, he's the director. We haven't Chris, mentioned him up till now, but he's been a character this whole time. Yeah, kind of an important one. Burke Dennings <laughs> is the director of Chris McNeil's film. He's kind of an odd duck. He uh, eats paper when he's anxious, which is important to know. He takes like thin strips of paper from the edges of a of a book or script because he's a director uh, and he balls it up and just chews on it until it's all gone. He's a high functioning alcoholic. He um, supposedly only drinks because people expect him to be drunk and outrageous all the time. Supposedly a very good director. He fucking hates Carl the housekeeper of Chris Uh, for reasons that are not really explained to us, but I guess we're supposed to infer that Burke believes that Carl is a Nazi, even though Carl's like, I'm not even German. I'm Swiss and I speak German because I'm from Switzerland. Like I don't, I'm not, not Nazi. And I mean, Burke is convinced. I would assume that the following assumption we're supposed to make is that Burke fought in world war two, but yes, yes. You know, not entirely clear is very like abusive in his language towards Carl. And I don't think it ever got physical, but definitely like this man just has to stand there. Cause he's like, a, he's like the, the servant class, I suppose. And here comes Burke Dennings, famous director. He just has to kind of stand there and let this guy berate him. Uh, I think Carl also just kind of doesn't like give he a doesn't shit. React. Honestly, yeah. he's like, whatever, dude, this guy will be more angry if I don't react to him than if I had. So and that's what he does. Kill him with kindness, Carl. Kill him, kill him, kill him with stoicness. <laughs> um. Anyway, so Burke Burke comes Burke over to, to visit, visit the mother. She's out doing doctor things. Yeah, uh, the doctor's like, "I'm gonna draw some liquid from your daughter's spinal cord," 
And then Gringo runs some tests, and Chris and is like, "I'm going to go. Help I'm coming with for the test." Okay, sure. Okay. Famous movie star, I guess. Whatever, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, and then the secretary is supposed to be watching her, but also arranging the delivery of medication. But then the delivery driver can't come, so she's like, "Burke, can you watch the kid for thirty minutes while yeah. I go pop down to get this medication?" And he's like, "Yeah, sure, whatever." Yeah. So, so all of this happens uh, while Chris is not home. She comes home. And uh, receives a phone call saying that her good friend, Burke Dennings, is dead. He fell down some stairs, drunk, and he's dead. He's broken his neck. Very sad. But this is after she's like, why did you leave the kid alone, secretary? Mm-hmm. And she's like, she's like Burke, Burke was, was here. here. And she's like, hmm, weird. Why did he leave after 20 minutes? Why did he leave without saying any- anything to anyone? Yeah. Because, I mean, Burke, like, despite all of his, like, verbal violence towards Kurt, is seems to be a relatively good friend to Chris. Yeah. Um so yeah, it was it was very strange behavior, but then he turns up dead. Um and uh Reagan is still acting possessed. Which here's my question, right? Yeah. So we know this is, you know, pretty quickly we find out that Burke died from a fall question yeah. mark. Mm-hmm. Fall and or cracking of neck. Um, but seem to have been pushed out of Reagan's window, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So, like, was in the street in front of Reagan's window, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's where someone found... I think he rolled down some stairs. I think okay. that's, like, their house has, like, some steep stairs, and he rolled down the stairs and was found on a different street. But still... How many stairs? Close enough. How many stairs? It's a, I think it's, it's, like, a famous staircase. Um... Because they say they call it by name and they're like something, something JFK did something here. Uh, let me see. I'm going to Google it real quick. Staircase Exer, Exorcist. The Exorcist steps are what they're called now. Okay, I see. Because I was thinking they're it was steep. like. They're steep. Yeah, so it's like fully leading to a different like street because i was like yeah how did everyone walk home and not see the either dead yeah. body or police <laughs> right but no this makes sense now that i'm looking at it yes yeah, sorry this is the had some had some insight there from the movie and fully did not make the connection that you like <laughs> sorry i was um, just like i was like yeah there's stairs in front of their house but like so i was picturing like stairs up to their porch so i yeah. was like like how did they okay? not see the dead like, body so he's in front of their porch <laughs> <laughs> hilarious <laughs> they're just really unobservant you know you know hollywood <laughs> stars they're out they're in their own world Silly. they don't even notice dead bodies they step around them uh <laughs> And <laughs> so um, then we enter my favorite character, Detective Kinderman, who um, is the one assigned to this case. And, and our first introduction to him is him kind of like contemplating like, OK, so the, the injury that Burke Dennings uh, has was that his head was fully like his neck was twisted so that his face was fully backwards. Uh, his face was where the, his hair should have been. And um, he's like, I just the the the. The pathologist said, not the pathologist, the the aut- autopsy person. Mortician? The, no, that's not it. Cause that's, is it not pathologist? It might be pathologist, but there is a word that's not mortician, but is like mortician. Mm-hmm. The, the medical examiner. The Is yeah. that it? Is that? Nice. There's, what is the, like the forensic? Yeah, forensic anthropologist. Mortician. I just, I don't remember. Because I, I, they always call Molly Hooper on Sherlock a pathologist, and that's on. That's on Tumblr. Coroner. Coroner. 
Yes. It's usually a pathologist. Oh, yes. Oh, wait, hold on. I'm so sorry. No. (laughs) An autopsy can Uh, be done by the coroner who's not a doctor. Okay. A medical examiner, if they do an autopsy, is usually a pathologist. Okay. Clinical autopsies are always done by a pathologist. Thank you, John Hopkins. Okay. So, like, it's like a square rectangle situation. Yeah, I think. Okay. Uh, so the pathologist is like, yeah, I, I mean, you even, you would either have to be a very super strong man or you would have had to fall from such a great height for that to happen. That just in doesn't. a very weird angle. At a very weird angle. It just doesn't track that he did this falling down some stairs drunk. So that's why now there is an open murder investigation into the case of Burke Denning's death. Um, I like Detective Kinderman. He was like, kind of like the guy who. Uh, the detective who just like comes off as like this bumbling, talkative guy who seems a mm-hmm. little bit stupid. And so you trust him. Uh, but he's actually like really, really pretty intelligent and knows how to interrogate people and get questions answered. I really enjoyed his character. Um, I, w- I, I, I kind of wish he was like, I would have liked the story told through his point of view entirely. I think, I think we got to read the second book. 100 pages of, of medical examination that I didn't really care for. <laughs> then we, we got to read the second book because I think the second, the second book, book is pretty much all about like him tracking down a murder thing. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. So uh, also yeah, there's still that. demons. Damn. Detective Kinderman is, is not ready. On the, on the case. He's Let's on go. the case, but you know, he never, he never. I thought he had a fun personality. Um, yeah. He he's doing all kinds of real good investigating. He goes over to Chris's house uh, pretty quickly after after the death of Burke and is kind of like talks his way in just by being like, oh, you know, sorry to bother you. I just had I just, you know, wanted to have some very general questions about Burke Dennings, but basically like talks himself into being able to come to the house and do some investigating in the house without them knowing, which I was like, Mm. I don't know if that evidence would hold up in court, but I don't know what the standards were in the 70s. So I think it would because he was invited into the house and everything was in plain view. I guess so. So I think, yeah, I don't know if he can take it, though, because he did Mm -hmm. take a couple things. But like, yeah, he scraped some samples off of a uh, bird that had sculpted because the paint was the same paint as was used in one of the desecrations, which I think that would fly. Yeah. And I think the other one, because he took the, the paper he out of the waste some crumpled basket. Up paper. Yeah. And I think that would fly, too. Because I could be the wrong. typewriter matched some of the typewritings that were at the desecrations. Classic. So it's like everything is pointing to like, okay, so there is some sort of person who is uh, causing these, these terrifying desecrations at the church. And then right next door to the church, there was a murder done. He's like, okay, it seems like the person who did the desecrations happens to be in the house where the murder was done. Things are adding up, right? And he goes to talk to Father Karras, 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 I was about to the audiobook too quickly. The murder because Karras is a... Uh, he's a doctor of psychology. He's a doctor of psychology and he's also like an expert on... Black mass. Black mass and witches and stuff. So he goes to talk to him about the murder and he's like, yeah, someone's head snapped all the way around would be like a witchcraft thing for people yeah. who were... It's a sign of the dev- a demon killing you or something. Yeah, someone says you've been killed by a devil or a demon or whatever. Yeah. Yes. So. Yes. I really liked how Father Karras was 
introduced to Kinderman before he was to the mm-hmm. McNeils. I just I just like that. And then and then having to like the dramatic irony, you know, of Kinderman being like, why is Karis here at the McNeils? And what do they have to do with all of this and X, Y and Z? Because um, there is like so. So Father Karis is a character who now enters because Chris has gotten to the point with the doctors where they're like, hey, we think this girl thinks she's possessed. So you might have luck doing like some sort of exorcism to like, cause, cause it's all in her head. So if you do an exorcism cause she believes she's possessed, then she'll believe that the exorcism worked. This is what her medical doctors are telling her. Hey. So she's like, okay, guess I'm going to go might do as well an try. exorcism. Yeah. Might as well try. So she's, in, uh, she's introduced to father Karis through her connections at the dinner party. And uh, he is an interesting character. His, his mother has recently passed because he's been, they, they grew up uh, immigrants from the Dominican Republic, I believe, and his mother did not speak English very well. And when Damien left to join the priesthood, he didn't have a lot of um, choice in where he would be stationed. I don't, I don't really know what you would call it, what the term would be for assigned, you know, assigned. Yeah. Uh, and so he was away from his mother, who was very lonely and had some, some family members who maybe did not have her best interests at heart who had her committed and and then she died and he feels immense amounts of guilt over this and he's also grappling kind of with a loss of faith there's just the 70s you know it was a wild time things were things were moving really fast and people had a lot of modern ideas and religion was sort of falling by the wayside for him so this is a man who is struggling with a lot and he gets a call from famous movie actress Chris McNeil. And she's like, you need to come look at my daughter because I'm pretty sure she's being possessed by a demon. Um, and he goes and and we get a very long sort of anticlimactic situation in which he tries to determine whether or not this girl is being possessed by a real, real, for real demon or is just mentally unwell. And this was my favorite part of the book in terms of like all oh, the 70s because he goes through like everything that is happening and tries to come up with like a reasonable explanation for it yes. or like a medical explanation yeah and like some of them it's like cool um you know she has extreme strength like that's probably because she's like so mentally ill that she's not able to like uh, uh body's like not she, stopping her she yeah she's like not doing the normal like once it causes you pain you stop doing it sort of yes. things uh-huh. um so that makes sense like she's uh uh speaking in tongues but it's like not a real language so it's probably just you read that book and mm-hmm. like it's like okay i'm gonna try to speak in tongues and it's gibberish and mm-hmm. um she's moving things around the room and that's probably just telekinesis um and she seems to be able to read my yeah, thoughts it's just tel- it's and just that's just that telekinesis ESP. you get if you maybe have schizophrenia you know <laughs> And, you know, it's just that ESP that's definitely a real thing now yeah, in the 70s. Yeah, that you get with schizophrenia. That yeah. you get with schizophrenia. Or maybe the ESP is unrelated to the schizophrenia. Not clear. You can say. She just he's, has, yeah, he's not sure. He just has an, she just has an unrelated case of ESP that is allowing her to read my mind. Could, so yeah, that's she could just not have a demon it thing. It was, it was wild. He goes through all of these, like, <laughs> he has, like, a checklist of, like, things, things a demon would do versus things a, a mentally unwell child would do. And one of them is he like he go he's like well if she knows languages that she shouldn't, and he goes and he like speaks to her in fluent Latin because he's a Jesuit priest in in the early seventies and, uh the the Reagan responds back and also in fluent Latin and then and then he's like oh but maybe she's just reading, she's reading my, my mind, mind because I know mind, Latin. And then, like, all because she's she's speaking Latin, she speaks some French, which he also knows, and then she speaks like Russian, but 
uh-huh. the secretary knows Russian, so maybe yes. that's what that is. And he's yeah, all, so she's picking like, all of this up just subconsciously, and it's just, all coming out in the demon. Yeah, she's like the people who are asking her these questions are thinking of the answer in that language, and so yes. she's reading their mind and saying the language. Which I don't know about you, but if I was reading someone's mind in another language, I don't think I would be able to replicate it perfectly phonetically the first time. Yes. Especially like some of the longer answers. I'm like, no, yeah, that's, that's absolutely. Even in if the we, way you're picking up on natural accents, like right. they're so even, hard to develop. Even if we buy into this wild theory that it's just mind reading, not demon, um, then it's like, no, it's not though, because she's it's like, you, you cannot replace that. I mean, unless he's thinking like, oh, I'm thinking the word spelled out, but like they'd use different alphabets. So right, like, yeah, yeah. I don't he really it's because of his lack of faith he didn't Mm -hmm. want to believe it was a demon but the demon helped him be reunited with God and so it's okay uh (laughs) this was such a long chapter he also does stuff like the the demon makes the room smell like sauerkraut and he's like yeah but I've read about how some people when they're mentally unwell can make the room smell and I'm like and, and, and not just like stinky but like can change the way the room smells to how they want it to I'm like Bro, you have a PhD from Harvard? What? <laughs> he also there's also a thing about um like oh stigmata, right? Which, you know, tra- yes, traditionally is... was just appearing on her skin randomly. Yes. And like stigmata is traditionally like the holes in the the arms or hands, right? But uh-huh. like I guess it also includes just general unexplained just general... injuries, bumps um, and bruises. But yeah, so like in the hospital there was just like writing showing up on her Numbers skin and stuff, yeah. In like a rash sort of situation. And he was like, uh-huh. "Well, you know, people can change the blood flow to yeah. I'm like, "Bro, no they can't. No they, they cannot. Really, people cannot just they just can't cause do parts that. of their skin to become raised in the shape of letters and numbers." <laughs> Like, I think you're confusing um, people with uh, cuttlefish, which can uh, change the the pigments in their skin to match things. But, like, people can't do that, buddy. And even cuttlefish can't do letters, so. Cuttlefish? I mean, we don't know. They might have their own set of letters. That no, we that's true. Understand. That's true. We just don't understand cuttlefish letters yet. Uh, yeah. So he has several conversations with, with Reagan as the demon. Oh, and she also, like can can take on the personas of many different people including Burke Dennings and this is the most concerning because Chris sees this as a sign that Reagan is the one that killed Burke Dennings she kind of had her suspicions but once like Reagan takes on this persona and speaks exactly like him she's like all right Reagan's the one that killed him and if my girl goes to a mental health facility they're going to find out she did a murder and then she's going to go to jail so this exorcism has to work or else I'll never see my daughter again. So she's like, she's unwell herself. Which also, Chris like, is. I don't think that your 11-year-old would have been imprisoned for life, honestly. Right. I don't actually think that's true. But, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe. Who could say? Who could say? Um, she, I mean, she's clearly not in her right mind uh, if, you know, if she were to be presented before a jury as she was still possessed by Pazuzu. <laughs> <laughs> So I don't know, because Pazuzu might make her seem normal in front of the jury in order to exact That's his vengeance true. on her. Because he also true. does that right when they're doing the one brain scan. He makes his, her brain appear like totally normal. So, so like normal, average. Like so average that it's weird. Yes. Yeah. So, like why are there no fluctuations at all in her brain? So Pazuzu can do whatever he wants, Pazuzu, really. honestly, is so powerful. I don't understand. Pazuzu, <laughs> can I just say it? 
Pazuzu is kind of a Mary Sue. You know, Pazuzu, yeah, Mary Pazuzu. <laughs> Mary Pazuzu. <laughs> uh, um, there was one other thing I was. Oh, so so the the gibberish speaking though they they did discover that this was her, and again, this is the thing uh, that like convinces him, right? No, the thing that convinces him is the is the writing on the skin. But oh, is Father it? Car- yeah. So so he gets he gets this recording and he's like, he takes it to the linguistics department. And he's like, can you can you tell me what language this is? And they study it for a while and they're like, bro, it's English. Just play it backwards. And if he plays it backwards, he sees he he she's like talking about someone named Father Marin and how like that that like basically saying like we're afraid of this priest. Uh, also he's probably going to die just like saying all this stuff that like she shouldn't have any idea about and and I was also confused with this bit because there's later a thing when Marin finally shows up to do the exorcism part of this book he's like it's just one demon right it's just the one like it's just chill the one guy it's just Pazuzu but then this bit it seemed like it was multiple demons talking to each other like I was confused yeah because he says like a chorus of voices yeah and also like they're like saying things and then answering like in the Mm. monologue that is the Mm -hmm. backward it's like oh we don't need to worry oh we do need to worry sort of thing like Mm it feels like they're talking to each other so i was like is it a lot of demons or just one demon you can tell me or is pazuzu just having fun like he's just just being a little scamp he gets to let go you know he doesn't often get to be creative like this but he was really freaking out father karis and he wanted it to continue But so Father Karras was like, mm, I don't know. Can an eleven-year-old girl be capable of doing stuff like this? No. He, he read a study where like a patient made uh, anagrams, just like right off the right off the, the right off the dome. tip of their tongue, and uh, he he was like, damn, I guess I guess it could happen. But then he gets a call in the middle of the night, and it's Sharon, the secretary of Chris McNeil. She's like come over i don't want to tell chris about this because chris already has too much on her mind but this is really fucking freaking me out and you got to come see he goes over in the middle of the night and they've got this child like i don't know exposed to the elements she's not got many clothes on and she's like look at her skin and he sees on the skin the words like help me help me help me appear and sharon goes that's reagan's handwriting and then he's like i gotta see a bishop about an exorcism Okay, question. Why did that why did that why did that convince him that time? I guess because she no, that doesn't make sense. I guess no. Here's my question though. Why is it Regan's handwriting, right? Because she's not physically writing, she's, right? She's it's her skeleton trying to get out. So your skeleton is all wibble wobble inside like, that flesh bag and it's like writing on her skin. Like if I was if I was like picturing writing, I would not uh-huh picture my own handwriting mm, whose handwriting would you choose like type font oh yeah which font i don't know like times new roman or whatever okay just I'd like go a... with a i'd go with a nice like i don't know Black. web dick yeah everyone would be like smiley face sad face pointer finger christmas tree what could it mean <laughs> yeah i it's it's she was just she's just got she's got a little crayon box in there inside with her skeleton and she's writing from the inside Distressing. so the bishop they, they they call in another bishop because as karis finds out the the or they don't call in a bishop they call in another priest what did i say i don't know it doesn't matter they call in another priest to do this exorcism because as karis finds out the bishop knows that karis is having a crisis of faith and so they don't believe he would be capable of performing an exorcism for that reason so they get this well, you guy. You also have to have two people at an exorcism. 
Yeah, that an is old like priest a, and a young priest, yeah. No, like, I think it is, like, a literal thing in Catholicism that you have to have at least two. Uh, if you're doing, like, a major exorcism that you have to have multiple people there so that, like, if one of you gets possessed, the other one can deal with it. Mm. Yeah, so I think I think there's that at play, too. So they were, because they were going to call him as the second, but then they were like, no, nah, he's got to be number he's one. He's got to be the main and Karis Which I don't even know, I don't even know if actually they cared about Karis losing his faith as much as they were just like, yeah, we're going to have the famed exorcist guy who does exorcisms be the, <laughs> the lead famous exorcist. One. Because even though everyone has denied exorcisms taking place in this book, they're like, exorcisms, no way. The Catholic Church has been saying since the 1500s that it's all me- mental health and not not demons, which I but, was like, mm, I don't believe that. But don't worry, gang. We have a form for that. Hold on. Let me get we it. Have we'll f- form, we have a form. We have a procedure and we got a guy. <laughs> I think that's a quote from the movie where they say a young, an old priest and a young priest. I don't remember. Yeah, I, th- I think that <laughs> that's a thing. I think it's this movie. Maybe. Um, yeah, so they call in Father Marin from the prologue, if you remember all the way back when. He's recently come back from the Middle East doing an archaeological dig. How convenient. So he's here in the United States. This guy's got, like, he was so strange to me. He comes in. They're like, oh, this exorcism could take months. So come, move into my home. Uh, and at first he's all like, we got to get this done now. And then like immediately was like, well, they can have some coffee first. And <laughs> I guess he's like suffering from like some sort of heart condition where he disease. has to take. Huh? Old man, old man disease. Yeah. 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 Necessary old man disease at that. Uh, and he's he's uh, he's having to take nitroglycerin or something. Mm. I don't know. Uh, but he's around for like five pages in which they start performing the exorcism. He just comes in to say like, here's faith and here's how faith works and here's why exorcisms matter. Yeah, we're just going to do the prayers that everybody knows. I'm going to do some thesis statements here for this book. Don't worry, I'll be dead soon. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. And I he, was he's like, like, he and Pazuzu are like old pals, old rivals. He's yeah. like, oh, so we meet again, Marin. And he's like, Pazuzu, you'll not get me this time. <laughs> So uh, the two of them have like a, a prayer off where, you know, Marin's just yelling real loud and the demon's trying to distract him. And and the demon uh, keeps like bringing up shit about everybody's lives, right? He's like, I'm going to yeah. air everybody's dirty laundry, right? Yeah. And Who wants I, to hear some secrets? And here's the thing. I was like, why doesn't he start talking like the dead kid, right? Like right. the dead son that was introduced way back and then yeah. never brought up again. Like, wouldn't that be a good They're freak out thing to do mommies. to the mom? Yeah. Like, yes. but he doesn't. He's like, oh, uh, hey, Kurt, I know about your kid who's an addict and who you've lied to your wife about being dead, yeah. but you actually still support. Um Hey, uh, Father Karis, your mom was all alone. Your mom. I'm going to make blowjob jokes about her. Yeah. Um, Here's Burke um, Dennings. Here's Burke Dennings. (laughs) He's going to do his type five. (laughs) But yeah, the the demon takes on the persona of of Father Karis's mother. And Marin is like, you got to get out of here, Karis. You got to get out of here. This demon is trying to affect you. So Karis leaves. Uh, He leaves long enough to feel the power of God fill him. And when he goes back into the room... Marin is dead. He's just laying on the floor dead. He homie had a heart attack. He was praying too hard. And Karis is like, oh, it's up to me. I have to do the exorcism now. But also uh, like Marin fully knew that this was going to be his last stand. For sure. Yeah. Marin was with like, like, I have to go die in order for Father Karis to, to also die. Spoiler. Yeah. 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 Uh- 
<laughs> but and also he all this shit he's like mm, Damien what a beautiful name I there's a there's a Damien who was a guy who uh, served a leper colony and then also got leprosy and hmm wouldn't it be wild if me being like man I really love the name Damien was like if you know I died doing the thing that in service and also you also yeah. die doing the thing he was in so service weird about the name thing wasn't he? he's like mm, Damien he's like name. do you I'm get like, it do yeah, you get it in the omen that was the devil <laughs> I don't think that's what I saw that movie where little Damien was the devil. I think it was mainly the leper thing. Yeah. He was like, mm, Damien, it's a good name. Do you good get the name. symbolism? Mm, Damien? Damien? Damien, do you get the symbol- symbolism? Damien, I love your name, Damien. First Damien was treating leprosy and died due to leprosy. You are treating demons and you are going you to will- die due to demon. Do you get it? Damien. Do you get it yet? Damien from the Omen. God. <laughs> uh, so Marin's dead. Father Karras is like, it's up to me now. I, he's like, this is such a fucking shitty situation. Shit I gotta show. save this girl at, at all costs. So he's like, hey, demon, come into me and my come, healthy man body. Come get Possess a piece me. of this. I'm a priest who knows about the black mass. Let's do this thing. And Pazuzu's like, Yes. And jumps from Reagan's Finally, body. I was asking for consent. Yeah, he was like, I was just waiting for you to to give me a sign, any sign. I love this agreement. And the two of them become one. And before Father Karras loses entire uh, ability to, to move his own body, he jumps out the window with the demon inside of him. And he dies. That's how but Reagan work. is free of the demon. And maybe the demon also died. I don't know. Probably not. Probably not, but Demon is gone for now. I think Demon has the, been handled. Demon has been handled because Father Karras sacrificed himself. I love it when we have nice, clean, explained rules like that Demon can only possess you if you are okay with it unless you are an 11-year-old girl. <laughs> unless you're an 11-year-old girl. Uh, In which and, case, uh, sucks to be you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, 11-year-old girls. Uh, but you know, once they go through puberty, then... Like, was it just because she wasn't baptized, do you think? Was that what we were supposed Probably. to take Probably, yeah. She's uh-huh. a little devil child. <laughs> uh, and then, and then, so they're like, oh, Karen, he's falling out the window. And instead of calling the police, they run over to the to the college and they get the, the, the father dire. Uh, and they're like, oh, father, Karis is dying. He's like, did you call an ambulance? And they said, no. You should do like, that. Oh, God get damn right it. On that. <laughs> so she goes to call the ambulance. Dyer runs over. He gives the last rites to Father Karras, and he remarks on how Father Karras looks happy and elated to be going to heaven. Good job. We did it, gang. And then there's, like, some little epilogue shit about, like, Reagan doesn't really remember anything, and it's she's yeah. totally fine. No worries. Yeah, and, like, none of the help quit. Yeah, right. They if I was really, Sharon, I'd be like, family, man. peace out. <laughs> and Your then, like, daughter um, is creepy as hell. <laughs> Kinderman and Dyer have, like, a moment at the end where I guess now they're besties because of They're going to shared... go see a movie together yeah, because which... I think they're both gay. I think they're both gay, I right? I think they're like... going to go on a date. I think that's what it was is he was, like, subtly asking these men out on dates. I think so. Like, that's the someone... vibe I got. Yeah. Someone I... with more knowledge about it, tell me. I know he, like, made a bunch of jokes about, like... I, like he said stuff about having a wife and daughter and stuff, but he also just lied about stuff. So I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure like, the wife and daughter really did. are I think he made up. just said that to Chris to like yeah. get in good with her. So yeah, I'm Google. pretty sure. in The Exorcist. I, and I was so convinced that I looked up the author and the author isn't gay. So I'm like, mm, this seems extremely gay. Like only a gay man would write, but I guess I'm wrong. Let's see. When Jesuit 
when Jesuit priest father Karis arrives, Reagan's demon, wait, I lost it. Shit. I clicked the link and then I, anyway, apparently like her language becomes very like homophobic when he walks in. Mm. So it's like, Ooh, she's like poking at the things that are, so he's self-conscious about. I don't know, man. There was also a lot of like, we didn't talk about the gross out stuff, but there was like a lot of vomit. There's a lot of a vomit. Lot there's a lot of a masturbation. Young girl touching herself sexually, yeah. which I was like, that's weird. All these adult men standing around watching that, like, please. I will say it at least. I don't think it described it in a like titillating way. Right? No, it was which definitely is, meant you know, to be horrific, but right. it's still like, also like, no one was concerned about like maybe like just go make sure she hasn't like permanently injured herself down and oh. around in there. She's putting crucifixes in there. The the Father Marin is apparently based on an archaeologist who was gay. So there's there's that. There's that. But yeah, it's an interesting and an interesting idea that um just occurred to me. So anyway, um did you like so we like this book. What do you want to see going forward? Um demons and possessions. You kind of said like other cultures, other other cultures would be cool, but also like definitely not other cultures written by a white man. Like I would rather just stick with uh, white people exorcisms written by white people than do like a, you know, hoodoo exorcism or something written by a white person. Um, So, you know, keep keeping that in mind. Um, I would like to see not a child, I think. Mm hmm. I would say, like, I'd like to see it from the perspective of the possessed, but we did kind of get that in the first book. It just wasn't really clear if he was actually possessed or not. Right. So, I don't know. I guess kind of I'm down for whatever. Yeah. Okay. We'll see what I can find. Um, I don't know. It's again, This is kind of another one of those. It's, like, a little bit hard to find a good list of because it's kind of i don't know i feel like the the indie horror community is mm-hmm. mm, i don't really almost it's really hit or miss it's really hit uh, or miss in there yeah also, and i think the authors are a little volatile if you say something bad about yeah their books, yeah so. don't want to get into that certainly mm. <laughs> so we'll see what we can find i i will i will be doing some some good digging so all right uh before we get to that though we've got a couple other things coming up next week we will be releasing our final oh, hunger yeah. games episode on uh the ballad of songbirds and snakes by suzanne mm-hmm. collins just in mm-hmm. time for the movie um yay we did that well we planned that nicely yeah i slaved over my calendar to make sure that that worked correctly yeah. um and then the week after that uh we're going slightly out of order here, but we're going to be starting Anna's new unit. Uh, Anna, what are we what are we going to be getting into? Well, OK, I, I have this like fascination uh, with a particular author. OK, so you know how like, OK, so we've got our like James Patterson's, you mm-hmm. know, we've got our uh, other uh, Lee Childs. Like, you know, it's like these these people that have written like so many books that you see them all over the place at used bookstores and, and library mm-hmm. book sales and stuff. One one third authors, the ones who have one third of the book is their name. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and I was like, I don't know, just like intrigued by an author who has a massive backlog of books to see I'm how so scared. how this how their writing has changed. And then I realized this person who I thought was one of those one third authors was actually a pen name for another author that, again, has a massive backlog of books, but I feel is, like, a little bit more legitimate, at least in my eyes. So I was like, what if we read 
three books by this author one from like maybe one from each of their pen names or just maybe like because they also dip into different genres like it's absolutely wild how many books this person has written anyway uh i w- i'm really interested in the author nora roberts oh interesting. <laughs> i've never read anything no, by neither. nora roberts before she writes romances she writes uh uh, fantasy book. She writes thriller. She writes romantic suspense as J.D. Robb. Mm. Um, her other pen name, Jill March. Let me see what she publishes as Jill March. Um, okay. Yeah. Google. It just returns Nora Roberts to me like, no, I know that. I know that. <laughs> I think maybe she writes uh, books for younger audiences under that name. I don't know. I'm not really getting anything under that, that pen name. But um, yeah, it just like she's been an active since the 1980s has just written so many books i'm like i just what if we just tried some yeah. of them to see if they're actually good or if this is another jimmy pat situation interesting yeah. so the book that i wanted to try out um as i was gonna pick a romance but i feel like we've been doing a lot of romances lately on mm-hmm. the podcast so i'm instead going to pick what i think is more of like a Maybe like a literary thriller. I can't. I can't exactly tell. Again, I don't know much about this um, author or her books. This oh, it might be a romantic suspense. I don't know. Anyway, we're gonna start with Midnight Bayou by Nora Roberts, which I've been told is one of her best books. So might be starting off strong and then going downhill, or maybe they get better. I don't know. Cool. But that's that's my project. I know it's not a trope, but I feel like you know there's what? Just so many books yeah, and let's... so many different types. Like she has that year one fantasy series that's like very recent Mm -hmm. so yeah I've just always been I've just always been interested to see what kind of author this is yeah I also feel like it'll be interesting to kind of dig into it and see how much Nora Roberts is one person and how much Nora Roberts is possibly a conglomerate conglomerate uh an Aaron Hunter situation an Aaron Hunter or a Jay Patterson situation where uh you know it is the brand more than it is the actual person writing Mm -hmm. it um because yeah with more than 200 novels I mean that is that's a shit ton of books and I granted it's since 1981 but still like who writes that fast that's a lot of books per per year you know that's a lot of books and she's you know she's one of the founding members of uh, the RWA. Mm-hmm. She's like won so many Lifetime Achievement Awards. So, awesome. and she's also been a victim of plagiarism. So, I don't know. Cool. I'm just reading her Wikipedia page. Uh, but the movie, or the book I picked has been adapted into a movie. So, I guess it's good. I guess it's a good book. We'll find out. We'll find out in two weeks. Yeah. In the meantime, if you have any books or units you'd like for us to cover on the podcast, maybe for our next Literary Limited unit, hint, hint. Uh, you can tweet at us at ShuffleWareCast or email us ShuffleWareCast at gmail.com. As always, thank you to Ben Cope for use of our theme song. You can check out his YouTube channel in our show notes below. We are also on all of your favorite podcast aggregating platforms. So if you haven't followed or subscribed to us on one of those, you definitely should. Otherwise, I will call Pazuzu and yep. have him say nasty things to you about everything you're conscious you. about. It's going to be real sad for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, if you use Apple, Apple podcasts or Spotify, we'd very much appreciate a five-star review, but if you don't, that's all right, because you are allowed to talk about us anywhere on the internet you like. In the words of William Peter Blatty, as far as God goes, I am a non-believer, still am, but when it comes to a devil, well, that's something else. I can't begin to tell you how that 
doesn't make sense when looking at like, the etymology up. of a, of devil and like <laughs> what that word even means because literally no you can't that doesn't that's not how it works that's not how it works chris i'm assuming that was chris <laughs> i think it was Um, history of the genre stuff for this one? Um, uh, I will explain what I have. It's not exactly the typical thing. Okay. Okay, <laughs> cool. Yes. I was like, if you don't want to do it, I can talk about what demons are named. <laughs> See, and I was, I was banking on that. I was good. If you asked, I was gonna be like, well, I figured you'd know more off the top of the dome than if I spent all day researching. So, just not gonna. 